Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners and podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe that it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we are hanging out with Xander Fryer. He's a best-selling author, international speaker, and founder of, quote-unquote, Stuff You Don't Learn in College and the High Impact Coaching Group. Xander, welcome to the program. How's it going, Brent? How you doing? I'm doing really well. So, um, so yeah, you basically are primarily a, a coach and author and speaker right now. Can you give our audience a little bit of a background of, uh, of who you are and kind of what your core business is today? Sure, absolutely. So, um, our core, our core business, high impact coaching, we work with, uh, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, uh, in starting their businesses. So most of the people that we work with are going from, um, you know, base level, maybe they're just starting off. Maybe they're making a few thousand dollars a month. Maybe they're starting to bring in six figures. Um, and we help those coaches and consultants, uh, build sustainable and profitable six figure, multi six figure businesses, uh, in a very short amount of time. That's really what we focus on. What are some of the things that you see in in starting a business of how to get a business kind of to uh, you know cash flow positive and actually making yeah. a decent paycheck as fast as possible? I'm sure some of the, our listeners right now find themselves in that situation of uh, maybe they've they've just started their agency or they're in those early days where they're not making what they want to make. What what's kind of some of those first steps? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. One of the things that, uh, you know, we teach a lot of our clients. And so this, you know, specifically applies to, you know, if you're just starting out an agency, that could be very similar to like, a you know, a consulting business, right? Um, you know, when I used to work, I used to work for Cisco, I was in Cisco systems and I carried a quota of $130 million. Right. And one of the things that I learned was if you've got a quota of $130 million, are what's, what's your best chance to hit that quota of $130 million? Are you going to go chasing after, every little, um, you know, hundred, hundred thousand dollar deal and you got to hit, you know, a thousand of them. 
or are you going to go find the big deals that pay you the best that are the clients that are committed, you know, for 15 million, 20 million, 30 million and move those big boulders forward in order to hit that quota. Right. And you know, that was one of the things that I learned when I was uh, a systems architect at Cisco was if you want to hit the real, you know, the real bills, you have to focus on number one, doing something that is really valuable to other people. Right. And then number two, not being afraid to command the price that you truly deserve doing it. Right. So I think a lot of people when they're first starting off, uh, when they're first starting off in, in an agency or as a coach or as a, as a solopreneur, um, you know, because we're not, because we're not that like, you know, it's, it's, you know, fitting that we're talking about guru here. So if you're not that guru, you have this idea of, oh, I'm not that guru. I gotta, you know, I gotta start at the bottom and I gotta work my way up with pricing. Right. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make is undervaluing themselves right in the beginning, because when you undervalue yourself and you don't command your real worth, you end up working more hours for less pay with less committed clients and it's one of the fastest ways to turn your passion basically into into a grind, you know, something that you don't you you don't actually want to do long term. So that's probably one of the biggest mistakes, and one of the fastest ways to fix that is actually starting to be able to command your real value right from the beginning. So how do you help somebody overcome the obvious fear and resistance around that? I mean, you kind of hear popular sayings out there like fake it till you make it, uh, you know, kind of thing of, of, you know, just, just say yes and figure it out later. Right. Um, how do you help people to, uh, not just for them to see their own worth, but actually have the confidence to, um, to charge that and to, you know, you say command the price, but like, uh, commanding the price and actually getting the money from their bank account into your bank account, you know, requires (laughs) a few other steps there, right? Sure. Yeah. So, um, obviously that, you know, this is, this is what we teach a lot. So there's definitely some, some extra steps there, but you're right. The first, I, I think the first price to it is confidence, right? The first, I start, sorry, I should say the first piece to it is confidence, right? If you're not confident, you can never command your real worth. Right. And so that's one of the first things that everybody really needs to work on is that confidence around what they're doing. And, you know, a couple of ways when we're working with people right in the beginning to really help them understand where they're at and start to feel more confident in what they're doing. Number one, you know, one of the first things that I tell everybody, right, it's like, especially when we compare ourselves to those other, you know, maybe we're, we're comparing ourselves to those other companies or the, those other businesses or those other coaches out there, right? When we compare ourselves to them and they're like, you know, a 10 out of 10 on that expert scale, right? So, you know, for me, one of my personal mentors was Jack Canfield. For those of you guys who don't know who he is, he wrote all the chicken soup for the soul books. Um, but in my opinion, he's like a 10 out of 10. He's one of the best coaches in the entire world. And when I first started my business, I had this, you know, this, um, you know, this imposter syndrome, this, you know, this comparative complex trying to, you know, compare myself to Jack. Right. And if Jack was, you know, a 10 out of 10 and I was even like a six out of 10, Right how could I ever dream of commanding the prices that Jack is commanding? Right. And what I realized was, and this was probably one of the most important distinctions was I realized that Jack wasn't getting to everybody. Right. There was, there was a massive group of people that needed help in this space and he wasn't getting to them all. 
And those people that were going unhelped, they were, they were, you know, they were up at night trying to figure out how to figure this out. It was keeping them up at night, that indigestion. It was, you know, it was that, that severe anxiety causing them problems in their business, in their life, in everything. And Jack wasn't going to get to them. And it was my responsibility to get to them because Jack couldn't. And that was the first thing that I realized is no one was helping him right now. So as much as I wanted to compare myself to Jack, it didn't matter because he wasn't working with these people. Mm. And then the second thing that I realized was even if I could take them from a one to a six, right? If I'm a six on the expert scale, all my, the, all my potential clients are, are probably at like a one or a two, right? They have, they have no idea what they're doing. They don't want to know what they're doing, right? Or they, they just need some serious help. They're at like a one or a two. And if you can take someone, a business or a company or an entrepreneur, if you can take them from a one to a six, if you can expedite that process for them, something that you know, might take them months or even years, that actually is worth high value, right? The one resource you can never get back is your time. So if you're saving someone a year's worth of headache or two years worth of headache trying to figure something out, that's worth thousands of dollars, right? And I think that was, you know, when you start to get out of your own head and start to focus on your audience, your potential client, as soon as you do that, you start to realize that all the stories you're telling yourself about, you know, not being worth this much, not being able to get the result, you start to realize that those stories are the only thing preventing you from getting out there and helping this person that needs you. Mm. I mean, I, I almost think that a lot of agencies, they, they set their prices or their, the value of their projects based on what they think other agencies are charging. But yeah. I mean, to your point, like most cu customers aren't necessarily going out there and price shopping from 50 different agencies. May maybe they're talking with two or three companies, you know? Yeah. So it's not like, you know, what, what are your prices or what's your, you know, what's your experience compared to every agency? It's like, I yeah. mean, even in some cases, probably their, their potential clients are talking to zero agencies. They're, they're literally just hiring the first company that gets referred to them or the first, you know, coach or whatever that gets referred to them. They're like, oh, yeah. cool. This will solve my problem. I'm if, sitting here exactly. thinking about my if problem. If this solves my problem, yeah. I, like, I'll do it, right? <laughs> so, you know, it's, and it's interesting you bring that up, right? Because so many people, you know, they, they price themselves as a commodity, right? When you price yourself as a commodity, you get paid as a commodity, mm. right? And one of the other things that I teach a lot of my clients is this idea of, you know, rather than providing a service, provide a solution, right? Which is exactly what you were just talking about. If they came to me and I solved their problem, right? They're going to be willing to pay what that problem is worth to them. People don't buy their way into a service. They buy their way out of a problem. And when you can help realize, you know, the dissonance between where they're at and where they want to be, the dissonance between the two, solving that problem, that's what you're actually worth. So I'm curious why you, uh, you mentioned you were at Cisco Systems. That's a pretty yep. big company, 130 million <laughs> under, uh, or that you were selling to. Uh, yep. what, what, why did you leave that gig? Oh, man. That is a great question. <laughs> Let's pull the skeletons out of the closet, right? What, the, mil the million dollar question, man. The million dollar question. So, um, I, it, you know, it's interesting because, you know, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't have a bad job. I had a pretty good job. I was being paid, you know, multiple six figures. Uh, I was, you know, I was a kid in his mid twenties being paid multiple six figures. I had standing meetings with C-level executives at uh, Disney, NBC, Facebook, 
Sony, um, you know, flying around the country first class, paying, you know, getting all sorts of fancy meals all the time. Um, but you know, with every, and it wasn't like I was in a dead end either. I was getting paid and, you know, paid in promotions and raises constantly, but with every raise and promotion, you know, I'd have this, this like sharp peak of joy. And it was kind of shortly followed right afterwards by this like dull hunger for more. Mm. Right. It was, you know, I was never truly fulfilled with what I was doing. And I actually had a, uh, I had a conversation with a mentor, um, <laughs> and he was an entrepreneur at the time. Well, still is an entrepreneur. I was in the corporate world and he was an entrepreneur and he asked me, he said, Xander, what would you do if you couldn't fail? And I said, honestly, I coach and mentor people full time. You know, I, I don't know what that means. I've never met anyone who does that. Uh, but that's what I do. You know, I love teaching. I love helping. I love coaching people and mentoring people. Um, you know, and I, so I actually, I was in Air Force ROTC in college. Um, and that's where I really learned to love leading others. But my senior year, um, I actually, I made the very dumb decision of driving home after a couple of beers one night and I got a DUI. Mm. And so I was kicked, I was kicked out of the Air Force. I was going to be a fighter pilot in the Air Force. I was kicked out of the Air Force. And that's why I ended up joining the corporate world. Um, but you know, I was talking to my mentor and I was like, you know, ever since I, you know, ever since I got kicked out of the air force, that's been the one thing missing in my life, truly missing in my life. And so he asked me, he said, he said, Xander, you know, what is, what is the difference between you and me? What is the difference between you and me? And I said, uh, honestly, you make way more money than I do. <laughs> <laughs> and and he goes, the difference between you and me is ever since you got kicked out of the Air Force, you've been dreaming a dream and I'm actually living mine. And that was one of the first times in my life that I actually realized that what everybody told me was success, what, every, what, I, had, what I had felt success was from what people were telling me it was, wasn't what it actually was. And it was the first time in my life that somebody pointed out to me that, you know, all my confidence was BS. I was just a scared little kid that was too afraid to do what he knew he truly loved to do. And I remember thinking about that conversation all the next, you know, that was on a Saturday. I remember thinking about that conversation all Sunday. And then Monday morning, I woke up and I went back to work and I had, you know, that like 8 a.m., conference call to set up, you know, more conference calls later that week. And then I had a 9am sales call and then I had a 10am team call. And then I had 11am, you know, something else, right. And after each hour, I couldn't stop thinking, I'm never going to get that hour back. You know, 8am goes around. I'm never going to get that hour back. 9am goes around. I'm never going to get that hour back. By the time lunchtime came around, all I could think of was I'm never going to get that morning back. And I literally called up my manager and I said, Frank, I'm done. And he was like, what? Did you, did you find another job? Like, what's going on? Where are you going? And I said, no, I'm just done. He's like, I don't get it. I don't understand. What are you going to do? And I said, I don't know, but I know that it's not this. So I ended up putting in my notice that day uh, with no idea what I was doing. I just knew that the one resource I could never get back was my time. And I was done wasting it, settling for a life that I never wanted. What were some of the things that you did after that to get clarity? I mean, it sounds like you had some intuition around where you wanted to head re regarding, you know, coaching and leading and helping other yeah. people in that regard. I mean, 
I think a lot of people have, maybe there's some listeners out there right now that are kind of in that position where they're working a, a, a gig or they're working a, a job and they're thinking about starting an agency or they're working within their agency and they're thinking that maybe what they're doing in their agency isn't really ultimately what they want to do, right? They have this dream of yeah. being, you know, serving a different market or serving a different level of customer and they're not able to get to it. So what were some of the things after you kind of drew that line in the sand and you're like, I'm done like now, now, now what? Right. I mean, yeah. I think some, most people probably have something lined up, right. Or they, or they put it off. They don't end up ever making the jump to that thing. They really yep. want because they don't have the headspace to think about it yet, but they also hate what they're doing right now. Yep. Yeah. And I think, you know, you know, one, one important distinction too, because I think whenever I tell this story, a lot of people are like, Oh, Xander, you made a ton of money. I'm sure you had a big pile of money saved up. So you could do that. Right. Cause they want to make the excuse that like, Oh, I can't do it. Cause I don't have a pile of money like Xander. Well, let's be honest. I'm a millennial. What do you think I did with all my money? I spent it all. Right? <laughs> Avocado toast, <laughs> Avocado toast, try, you know, try like Coachella traveling to, you know, traveling to weird destinations on weekends, buying everybody around a shots at the bars. I had the money and I thought that it would make me happy to spend it. So I spent it all. Right. So when I quit, I had about two and a half, three months of living expenses saved up when I quit. And, you know, like I mentioned, you know, the, I, I think the one distinction that I made was I had made the decision that I was never going to, you know, when you truly realize that the one resource more important than money or anything else is your time, you stop settling for 50%. You stop settling for 60% and you will only go for what truly, truly matters to you, right? You know, one of the things that I tell everybody is every decision that we make comes from either purpose or fear, right? And most people make majority of their decisions from a place of fear, because they haven't accepted the fact that time is the one resource that is running out faster than everything else. As soon as you accept that fact, you start to make more decisions in the face of fear on purpose, right? So it, for me, it didn't matter if I didn't know what I was doing because I knew that the one resource I, couldn't, I could never get back was my time, right? And I think that's a very important distinction to make because I didn't have a lot of money. The one thing that I was clear on was that this thing wasn't it. And I think for most people, that decision right there is probably the most important one that you can make. If you're clear that something is not it, you need to move away from it. And I'm not saying you have to be batshit crazy like me and, and jump out of your corporate job you know, within 48 hours, but you need to start moving away from it actively with an end destination in mind. You just need to start the process. Because if you never start the process, you're never going to actually, quote unquote, figure out what it is, right? One of the, um, you know, one of my clients actually, he, I was with him when somebody asked him, they're like, Alex, how have you been? He's a, he's a very successful music producer now, you know, Grammy award winner and everything. And he was like, Alex, like what, you know, like, how have you always been so clear on what you need to do with your life? And he said, honestly, I never have any idea what I'm doing. I'm just clear on what I shouldn't be doing. And he makes his decisions according to that. I think most people are scared to make their decisions away from what they know not to do. Because most of the time, if you know something, it's comfortable. And if it's comfortable, you want to stay there. Even if you know that it's what you don't want to do. Does that make sense? <laughs> we have a saying in our community of, of you know, get, get, uh, 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 
uncomfortable when you're comfortable and try to get yep. comfortable with being uncomfortable. 100%. Uh, so, yeah, so that, you know, really the first, the first thing that I would tell everybody there is if, you know, even if you don't know what it is, I'm sure you know what it isn't mm. and make a decision <clears throat> that takes you away from that. Yeah. I mean, cause I, I, I wrote this blog post a, a long time ago that, you know, before you, you you need space a lot of yep. time to think of, to, to get opportunity in the first place. You know, like, like some people um, are so busy, like on the hamster wheel of working with uh, projects, like they're constantly busy because they're not charging yep. enough money. And they're like, well, if I, you know, if I increase my rates, I'm going to lose my clients. And then, and then what will I do? It's like, well, cool. Right. Then you'll have space to go yep. out and find those better clients. And then, then I get the response of, no, I want to find the better clients first and then I'll, and then I'll, I'll get rid of these clients. And I'm like, well, that's yep. just not how it's going to work. And, and you and I, you and I both <laughs> know it doesn't work that way. Right. But because they're comfortable with the clients that they do have and, and scared to face any form of uncertainty, they don't want to change it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you made this change, you moved away from something that you didn't like and you didn't really have, you know, I would almost think that, you know, I think usually the, the bigger, the thing, like the, the bigger, the, uh, uh, the vortex that you're pulled in, like usually the harder it is to pull out and probably the less certainty you have in, in what is going to be next, but you ended up, uh, you made the leap. And then you kind of started your business, um, you kind of started your business over. And I know in our, uh, our, our, uh, interview form, you put something like you generated six, you got to six figures in business and in annual business, right. In three months and got to seven figures within 12. So what were some of those things that you did to kind of kickstart? Like, I mean, did you realize, Oh God, I need to make money. I've got three months of runway and I need to figure this out. Or was it like some, did you try a couple things that maybe didn't work exactly how you planned? Oh, 100%. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think the, you know, the first thing that I did was, and you know, this kind of, this kind of, for me, went back to the mentality of the one resource, the most important resource in my life was my time. Right. And I knew that, you know, one of the things Tony Robbins talks about is success leaves clues, right? There were people that had been successful in coaching or in business or online entrepreneurship or as an agency that had gone before me, right? And I knew that, you know, if I could learn whatever recipes I could from them to get to where I wanted to go, it would be worth whatever I could figure out, you know, how to pay them to make it happen if it could expedite my process, right? So, you know, when I first started, I invested in pretty much every coaching program, every mentorship, every coach, every, um, you know, all the stuff that you could, you know, expose yourself to right in the beginning, because I wanted to expose myself to all the different recipes to make sure that I could find the best to get me moving fast. So within the first three months, um, I had, you know, I'll just, I'll tell you guys the numbers. I had about 15 K saved up. Um, and within the first three months, I spent over $35,000 on my own education, training, and development within the first three months. So I spent every penny that I had, and then I put myself into about two, you know, 20K worth of debt. I maxed out two credit cards. Um, and I was literally within about a month, a month, month and a half before my credit cards wouldn't be able to support me either. Um, when we, when, you know, when I first, I, sh- I say we now because we have a team, but when I was first starting off, obviously it was just me. 
um, you know, that fourth month in business, four months after I quit, I actually brought in 13 K. So, you know, uh, you know, that fourth month I actually had the equivalent of like a, you know, $150,000 salary business. Um, and it went up about 50%, you know, every month after that. So, you know, the big thing for me was, and I think this is hard for a lot of people that, um, especially people that went to possibly went to a university or college and spent tens of thousands or maybe even a hundred thousand dollars on a university degree that did not get you to where you want to go. We have this fear that investment is a sunk cost. We have this fear that when I put, you know, when I put money into myself, I'm not going to see the return. And that was a big shift for me when I realized, you know, like, I, you know, I spent, you know, $80,000 to get an electrical engineering degree at UCLA that did not get me to where I wanted to go. <laughs> how, how, how does that work now for you? <laughs> yeah. Thank you, man. It's, it's funny because actually, you know, people always ask me, they're like, you know, how's, how's your engineering degree working out for you now? I'm like, honestly, I actually use it a lot. My job is to engineer people to be successful and engineering businesses, you know, putting all the gears together to make them be successful. So I kind of use it. Uh, just in a very different way. <laughs> um, but, you know, I spent $80,000 on my electrical engineering degree that did not get me where I wanted to go. Why would I hesitate? Now that I'm, now that I'm committed to doing things the right way, why would I hesitate to spend money that I know will actually get me there? If I'm committed, if I'm ready to get out of my comfort zone, if I'm ready to be decisive and take action, now's the time to spend money, right? And so I, you know, put myself into the equivalent of a, you know, a master's degree into debt to, you know, get myself up and running within those first three months. You know, I, I, it's interesting. I mean, this whole, I mean, obviously we, our company exists because people do invest in personal growth and development and in community and in coaching and mentorship. Um, uh, but, um, we're also on the front lines of that, uh, experience for a lot of people where, they are unwilling to make that investment. Yep. And I also have to think back to my own my own history. I think for a lot of people, I know from myself, uh, I actually have a chat log of the first program I ever bought, and it was uh, it was actually uh, Jeff Walker's product launch formula. And this was nice. many many <laughs> moons ago, right? I mean, this back is basically in, back in twenty twelve. <laughs> uh, keep going, right? I mean, this was this was twenty. Uh, this was two thousand. 2009 um yep. when we were originally exposed to, to jeff jeff's program because we did our first launch in 2010 um and it yeah. took it took me some time to actually kind of come around to like what what that was and but i i actually have a g chat because that's what we were using at the time and i still use gmail and so actually i can i go i've gone back and looked at the conversation between my business partner and myself about spending this $2,000. And I literally like, you can see the fear. Like, you know, I was like, Oh my God, like yeah. that's so much money. Like, are you, you know, are you crazy? Like, why would we buy like a bunch of videos for two grand or something? Right. <laughs> and it, it, it's just like crazy. Cause you know, I don't think like we, we spent $2,000 on our conference room table. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just at the same time, I look at where I spent some of my other money and it was like, oh, like I'm spending money on like a flat panel TV for a conference room or a $2,000 for like a conference room table, or I'm spending money, you know, going out <laughs> and eating and, and going to bars, right? In my 20s, right? Yep. But like $2,000 on myself as an investment in my education, like that was just unheard of. Yep. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's amazing to me, but you, you know, you brought, I think you brought up, you know, why you thought that way, right? It was out of fear. Right. right. We have, we're because of what we're exposed to, 
you know, going through college or, you know, whatever it was, we have this fear that, you know, like at, at that point, you legitimately thought the $2,000 conference room table was going to bring you more business <laughs> than Jeff Walker's program, which is, which is crazy. Yeah. Right. I mean, but we yeah. ended up, I mean, yeah, I mean, we ended up doing our first launch with, which it took a while for us, I think, to come to understand what the heck he was even asking us to do in the first place. But then, I mean, we ended up, we ended up, uh, I mean, gosh, I mean, we probably made six figures our first year on our first, yeah. you know, on our first membership product that we, <laughs> we, 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 we did a launch. We got about, uh, I think it was like 15 K a month in recurring revenue from uh, a membership site. And it was like, Oh, this works. Right. And then like, after that, it was like, I was hooked. Like every consultant yeah. that came in, that could teach our agency, like how to sell or how to market or how to, you yeah. know, run our operations. It was like, oh, okay. Every time we do this, like we make more money, like this works. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just, it, it's a big shift once you start to really understand that and overcome the fear and make those decisions purposefully. And I think a big part of it too, right. Is like, you know, when you do invest that money, right. You're, you know, one of Craig's favorite sayings, right? Who introduced us, Craig says, you know, people who pay, pay attention, mm. right? And, and when you invest that money, like the lessons that you learn, the things that you, you get yourself out of your comfort zone, you go do these things that you wouldn't have done before because your, your, your feet are held over the fire. The money's been put in, yeah. right? So, so it really, you know, it really, there's, I, I wish this wasn't true, but there's nothing, you know, there's nothing that'll motivate you more than a financial commitment. You know, I talk about this all the time, but you know, I pay, I pay my mentors an ungodly amount of money right now. And it's not necessarily because they're teaching me something new all the time. It's because when I pay them, it pulls me out of my comfort zone to do the things that I need to do to take our business to the next level, to help more people, to have a bigger impact, to grow my influence. So, you know, yeah, they, you know, they're teaching me little things and they, you know, they've got, they've got eyes on my blind spots and there's a lot of you know, benefits that they'll bring. But one of the biggest benefits is literally just the fact that putting the money in gets me out of information gathering and into action. Yeah. You know, it, it's, I, I want to go like more into this topic because it's one that fascinates me, <laughs> but like, I don't want people to think like, oh, like these guys, like, you know, they're trying to like build up their program or whatever. And like, you know, they're going to like sell me like, you know, the Ugurus program yeah. after this. And that's not like our podcast has never been about that. I just want to be clear that, that that's not like the conversation I'm having today, but like, I just, so I just joined this, this program. I, I don't need to talk about like what it was, <laughs> but literally I've got the guy's book. And I've, I've had the book for almost six months and I haven't read it. I haven't read it. Right. It wasn't until I ponied up like five figures. Yeah. And then I actually said like, I didn't just read the book. I've been studying it, you know, like, yeah. you know, whereas if I just like, you know, bought a book for 20 bucks, like it would be like, read it cover to cover, like be done, throw it, you know, whatever. But now I'm actually like sitting down, like studying the and book. I bet, I'm showing I bet up. everything you need is in that book. I, I, right? I, it's coming, but it's not like, as long as I'm actually like dissecting it and like exactly. really consuming it, um, it's it, uh, most of it's there. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's my point, right? It's like the information was always there. The information was always there, but it wasn't until you mentally committed that you actually started to find it, dissect it and implement it. Right. There's, you know, it's so funny to me because like I, I, I actually, we're talking about books now, but I actually stopped recommending books to people for the exact reason that you just mentioned. I, there were, there were you know, handfuls of books that absolutely changed my life because I literally went through them 
as like a workbook. I would go through it and I would implement mm. every little thing that I went through and it changed my life. And then I'd recommend this, you know, somebody would ask me for a good book and I'd recommend it to them and they'd go read it. And I'd say, how was it? How, you know, what did you do? And they're like, oh, it was good, but nothing new. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, what? And that's, you know, and we, you what know, do you, what do you mean nothing new? It's because most people out there right now, we're in a, we're in a world where there's no shortage of information. It's all out there. Yeah. Right. We're in a world with it where there's a shortage of transformation, where there's a shortage of results. Right. And so I actually stopped recommending books to people because every time I gave a book to someone, they didn't implement it the way that they needed to. And I, you know, I found myself finding that they felt better about themselves because they were reading a book that was quote unquote self-development or business development that was going to get them there. So they felt better, but it was like putting a bandaid on a gunshot wound right? They needed to actually take action. And to do that, they need to make some serious changes. And just reading a book and having more knowledge wasn't going to actually help them. You, you said something on uh, a, a webinar I was on that you, you and Craig were on. I, I, I'm paraphrasing here, so I'm not sure if I'll get it right. But like, like people think that knowledge is power, but it's, yep. it's really uh, applied knowledge. You know, yeah. So, you know, one, one of the you know, people talk about knowledge being power, but knowledge isn't power. Knowledge is potential power. But implemented knowledge, actualized knowledge is power. But what most people don't realize is knowledge, just knowledge, can actually be your mortal enemy. Knowledge can be the mortal enemy of success and mastery if you do not implement it. Because when you become knowledgeable, you get comfortable learning rather than executing. And so, you know, knowledge just for knowledge sake is actually one of the most dangerous things that I see in the entrepreneurial world. People that are trying to consume knowledge or gain more knowledge, but never end up actually implementing, getting out of their comfort zone and executing on these things. That's a good place for us to uh, start heading towards our lightning round. We've talked about sure, a bunch of stuff, Xander, so far. I mean, I think recap um, some some tips on you know, finding those big deals, not just going for the small ones, but trying to get to uh, the big ones by doing something really valuable, commanding your price. Um, people aren't thinking about Jack. <laughs> They're thinking about their own problems. Imposter yeah. syndrome, come to the table with confidence. You got to have that confidence, offer a solution, not a service. And uh, and then we wrapped out there with, with some really good stuff on investing in, in yourself. So are you ready for our lightning round? Let's do it, brother. All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? It's not about you. It never was and it never will be. <laughs> I actually, I read this. This was in, uh, I, I don't usually commentate on the, uh, uh, the, the lightning round, but it was in this book by, uh, I'm blanking on her name. It's, it's big magic. It's the, the, the woman that wrote, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert. She yeah. said, uh, you know, in your, in your twenties and thirties, um, all you think is that other, other, your other people are thinking about you, right? Um, and, and, yep. and so you can't, can't get stuff done. So then in your forties and fifties, um, you realize that people aren't, aren't really thinking about you nearly as much as you think they are. Right. And then when you're yep. in your sixties and seventies, you finally realize that they were never thinking about you to begin with. Yeah. Right. Uh, anyways, I thought that was a good, good, uh, good quote yeah. from that book. Uh, it was, it was one of the biggest, yeah. One of the biggest shifts in my business when I realized that nothing in my business or in my life was about me. It was about that other person. And as soon as you make everything about that other person, your business takes off, your confidence soars, your, your, uh, um, your delivery gets better, everything gets better. 
Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Ooh. Oh, man. So this is, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, cause I, there's, there's a lot that have really supported in my personal success, but I want to give you guys one that is very, you know, very, maybe very contrary to what most people think, um, or what most people do. So I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people have really accepted the idea of like, whether or not you believe in like the law of attraction or like, you know, the idea of what you what you focus on, you bring more of into your life. So if you focus on positive, you focus on success, you focus on, you know, um, abundance, you'll get more of that. Right. I think everybody kind of, um, at some, to some degree know that if that's what you're focusing your mental energy on, you're going to bring more of that into your life. Now, what happens is because of that, people are afraid to think scary thoughts. They're afraid to talk about their fears. They're afraid to, to, you know, like really sit in some of their negative emotions. And because of that, their negative emotions and those thoughts and fears end up dwelling in their subconscious mind. So consciously you have 5% of your brain is your conscious mind. 95% is your unconscious mind. So if 5% of you turns off and pretends you're not afraid of this issue, but 95% is stewing in this fear of failure, this fear of not being worthy, this fear of not being good enough, it's what you're actually mentally focusing on. And that's why a majority of people you know, they end up bringing a lot of shitty stuff into their lives, even though if they pretend that they're not afraid. One of the habits that I do, and I did this when I first quit my job, and I've been doing it every week ever since, and it's been one of the most powerful things that I've done, um, is every week, I actually write out my five biggest fears. I write out my five deepest, darkest, biggest fears, and I take them down into the pits of where my mind can take them, because my subconscious was already taking it there, but consciously I was trying to refuse it was happening. So I'll write it out on my whiteboard and I'll sit in how scary it is. Right. And I did this when I first quit my job, you know, because I would tell myself, you know, my biggest fear was not being able to turn my passion into an income. Right. And I'd take it down into, you know, if I can't make the money, then I'm going to have to forego my lease. You know, I'm going to get kicked out of my apartment. And if I get kicked out of my apartment and if I don't succeed, my friends are going to hate me because they're going to think I'm a failure. My family's going to stop loving me. I'm going to be homeless. I'm going to end up as a, you know, a homeless person in Venice. And then I don't know how to fend for myself. So eventually I'm going to die. Right. But like I would write out my deepest, darkest fears every single weekend. And it's better out of your head and onto paper. Because once you get it out, if you can, if you can sit in those deep, dark secrets, those deep, dark fears for, 10 minutes afterwards, you're going to come up with, you're going to be inspired. You're going to be motivated to get back into action. So it's a weird habit that I do. Um, I don't know if you remember at perfect life retreat, Sharon Shravasta actually mentioned, he does this on a daily basis too. You know, every morning he wakes up and he journals out all his dark thoughts just to get it out of his head. Mm. Um, you know, he just sold a business for $3.4 billion. So I'm going to guess that might be a good habit for some people. <laughs> So, something he's doing is right. Is what, right. If, hey, if he's doing it and I'm doing it, I'm going to keep doing it now. <laughs> Can you share an internet resource or tool or an app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? Oh, man. Um, resource, tool, or app? Um... I don't know if I have one for you right now, honestly. <laughs> What's the most used app on your phone then? We'll, we'll give you a, a, an audible here. The most, well, the most used app on my phone right now is Slack. 
to uh, to communicate between my team. All right. So Slack Slack's the most used app on my phone. Um, but in terms of in terms of resources, I think you know honestly one of the one, I, I don't know if this if this counts, but you know we kind of talked about this. But you know one of the one of the best resources um, that I have is just the people, right? So I don't know if it's necessarily a tool or a website, but you know, one thing that I always remember is, you know, the most important thing in my life is the people. It's, you know, the, the people, you know, the people are what help me get to where I want to go. The people are the reason I do what I do. Um, so I would actually say probably, you know, one thing for people just to remember to focus on, remember it's about the people. And I know you don't do book recommendations, but I'm going to force you to do one. What book <laughs> would you recommend and why? Oh man. All right. Um, I'll give you, I'll give you two, um, both of them, my personal mentors, um, you know, one of the things, and, and the first one that I'm going to give you, both of them are actually great because they are actionable. Um, so I'm going to give two book recommendations with the promise that anybody listening to this, if you grab one of these books and you do not actually implement and take action on some of the exercises that are in these books, I'm going to personally find you and smack you. All right. So, so, so number one, number one, one of my personal mentors, Bedros Koulian, he just released his book, Man Up. Um, it's a phenomenal book. It's, you know, again, it's, it, it's nothing new. It didn't teach me anything new. I've been in the self-development space for a long time now, and I've worked with some of the best in the world. It wasn't any new concepts to me, but the way that he explains things simplifies them so well, and it just connects so deeply. And then he gives, you know, a handful of exercises at the end of each section for you to just run through yourself and experience it. Um, so Bedros Koulian's Man Up is a great, great place to start. Um, and then obviously my, you know, my personal mentor, Mr. Chicken Soup for the Soul himself, Jack Canfield. Um, his book, uh, The Success Principles, is you know, if, if there was one thing that I could say contributed to the success in my life more than anything else, it'd probably be that book as well as his influence on my life. But all of his influence is just you know, it is, it, all the nuggets are in that book if you're willing to actually implement that book. So the success principles is definitely another one. Very nice. Well, we will, uh, I, I will proudly link out to Bedros's book, Man Up, big fan. And uh, we'll also link out to uh, Jack's book as well. How can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out, Xander? Yeah, absolutely. So they can go, they can go to xanderfryer.com. That's Z-A-N-D-E-R-F-R-Y-E-R.com. Um, we've got a free seven-step blueprint to building a six-figure coaching or consulting business. That might be really helpful for some people. Um, and then you can also follow us on Instagram at, at Xanderfryer. So again, Z-A-N-D-E-R-F-R-Y-E-R. If anybody wants to DM me personally, ask me any questions, happy to chat, happy to answer any questions you guys have. Awesome. Well, thanks for those resources, Xander. And thank you for being on our show today. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me, Brett. All right. That is our episode for the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming at you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in your business and life. Until then, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. 
Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app, when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show.